We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jay. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is time for part two on this fine double barrel Wednesday sip. It's a little colder than yesterday, about 60 degrees colder than yesterday, believe it or not. It was 90 at one point yesterday. 91. It's just a little weird. Yeah, it's in the 30s now. No big yeah. deal. Well, we got to give him his proper intro, though, on this fine double barrel Wednesday. Double barrel Wednesday. It's a double barrel Wednesday. Double barrel Wednesday. Had some pop, didn't it? Very good job by Parker on Double Barrel Wednesday. Uh, you guys know what day it is? <laughs> it's Double Barrel Wednesday. And we're now joined by your colleague, the General Stars, Parker Gabriel. Parker, good morning to you. Um, the spring game is over. We're on to the off season. Was Saturday all about recruiting, or was there anything else you could take away that was interesting during the game, Parker? Yeah, good morning, guys. That's a good question. I mean, I think, like, largely it was about recruiting. Um, it's always interesting, you know, the, the thing about the thing about not seeing any practice in the spring, and I know I, I mentioned that a lot. I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about it. I just bring it up because it sort of helps illustrate what happens from our perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see any practice over the course of the spring, so there is some utility in, in watching them for a couple hours on the football field. Um, you know, I mean, you see how guys move. Um, and even if you don't, it's not great for evaluation of, Hey, um, this guy looks really good. What, why didn't this guy catch more balls or get more carries or whatever? But I think regardless of what, you know, it doesn't always amount to a ton, but I think it, you know, it matters. Um, what the first offensive line group looked like and what the second offensive line group looked like. And then you have to put that together with who's hurt, who's out, you know, this and that. So I think there's some utility in just sort of getting a feel uh, for the personnel uh, and for, um, you know, some other stuff that's pretty minor, watching the new coaches operate on the field, even though, you know, Mark Whipple wasn't really calling the plays. Uh, for the offense, but all of that stuff is useful. I think it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, uh, the most important thing that happened on Saturday was they had a bunch of recruits, um, you know, uh, in campus, on campus, in the stadium to see 54,000 people uh, at a practice. Parker Gabriel joins us. He's the Nebraska football beat writer for the Lincoln Journal Star. Now, useful. I thought it was useful watching the quarterbacks. As you, when you step back away from all this now, it's Wednesday are you surprised that they just had Casey Thompson play two plus series and throw four passes not really I mean I think I think they treated him like a starter I know they're not going to name him yeah a starter for a long time but I think they treated him like a guy who they didn't need to see a lot from because they've seen enough for the spring from him um you know through the first 14 practices and all that, like it doesn't mean that somebody else couldn't challenge him for the job. Like when it's all said and done, I don't think that'll happen. I mean, you know, someone might put up a good fight, I think, and we've been saying this all along, 
um, that he'll start on August 27th in Dublin, assuming he's healthy and all that stuff. But I think there's a difference between treating him like a starter and not putting him out there for very long. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't mean that they're just ready to roll. Obviously it just means that for what this is spring ball, you know, he got a lot of work in over 14 practices and they were not going to, you know, subject him to a lot on Saturday. Um, when, even though, you know, no one's going to, Garrett Nelson's not going to crash into him intentionally and all that, but there's no reason to stand him back there for longer than you have to. And on top of that, uh, you know, Chubba Purdy was limited for most of the spring. And so the, the reps, uh, that he got on Saturday were probably more valuable than what Casey Thompson was getting done, given that Casey Thompson's been there and fully engaged and taking a lot of the top team reps for five weeks. And, and Chubba was just getting healthy and, and able to then do some real work in the first half. Parker Gabriel, we're skipping around a little bit. Little things, little things that we that, that that I found sort of interesting. Two players in particular – Braxton Clark gets the start, I would say, with the first unit black shirts. Um, you at can corner. say that because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> at corner. I thought that was – I'd like you to comment on that. And also Ramir Johnson, who got the start at running back, which I didn't really anticipate. I thought it would either be Yant or Grant, but there's Ramir out there. Do we make anything of those two? Yeah, I think about them slightly differently, Sip, for this reason. Um, I don't – I don't know exactly what to make of of Ramir getting started. Not it's not like it's a big a big surprise because he's played the most. Yeah, he's but I don't. Too. You, we just started covering Brian Applewhite in the last couple months, and we've talked to him a couple times. But I don't have a feel for sort of his style well enough to tell you, hey, he probably just put Ramir out there because he's the most experienced guy, or if he's putting him out there first, that must be for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas with Fisher. Uh, he's a pretty straightforward guy now. I mean, to put to put Braxton Clark out there first, I don't think it necessarily means he's going to win the job, but mm-hmm. uh, he it, it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you heard uh, Quentin Newsom say in the middle of the week leading up to the spring game that they had sort of done away with the old guy groups and the new guy groups um, and that they were just sort of one big happy family now. And so uh, that's going to be a good battle between Braxton Clark and, and Tommy Hill, and then we'll see if Omar Brown can get himself fully healthy and get himself into that conversation to try to compete um, for a starting corner job, probably opposite Quentin Newsom. I think he's going to be hard to unseat. Um, the thing for Braxton Clark, just quickly, is that he, he's he got all the talent. I mean, he's long, he's disruptive, he's got good ball skills. Um, he's 6'4". I mean, he's a huge kid when you stand next to him. Yeah. The thing for him is it's just going to be about he's got to expand his game a little bit. You know, when I asked him, when I asked Travis Fisher, Travis Fisher what it was going to take for Braxton Clark to win a job. The first thing out of his mouth was talking about, he said, it's what's inside of him. And then, you know, he said it's for everybody, but it was pretty clear he was talking at least to some degree about Braxton Clark. He said, he's got to want to go out there and play special teams. He's got to do it. You know, he's got to, he's got to tackle. He's got to be a willing and excited participant on special teams. And so I think if you just see him expand his game overall, not even so much a corner, but the rest of it a little bit, um, you know, he's going to have a chance to, to push Tommy Hill for a starting job. And if not win it, then, then play quite a bit. I mean, those guys, Quentin Newsom and Braxton Clark were, were co-starters by the end of last year. And Braxton Clark was playing some. So that's a nice uh, rotation they've got going. At corner. 
Parker, I know it was two-hand touch in the first half of the spring game, but still the uh, the tackles on offense had a rough go for Nebraska. Now, obviously, you, don't, you didn't have Prohaska playing, who was injured, and Corcoran wasn't playing either, but do you feel like both those guys, I mean, Trent Hickson played center, he played pretty well, but who do you believe will be the, the tackles when, when all is said and done come to fall camp? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, I think they're going to try to add one from the portal, first of all, um, and that's always uh, – it's got to happen, right? I mean, so you don't, I don't think you can fully just pencil in while we'll have a new guy at one of the tackle spots because you've got to go win a recruiting battle. But I think that they'll try that. Um, the thing about, and I wrote this um, yesterday, the thing about Trent Hickson uh, playing as well as he apparently did in the spring is it gives them sort of an extra option at tackle, if you will. Like if, if he's really, if they think they can win in the Big Ten with Trent Hickson at center and, and Ross, that's what he sounded like after after the scrimmage. He was really complimentary of, of Trent Hickson. It means that you don't have to put Turner Corcoran at center and say, hey, this is what we're doing come hell or high water, and he's going to have to figure it out when he gets healthy. I mean, you can sort of say, is he a big upgrade at center? Great, let's do it. If not, um, maybe he plays right tackle. And, you know, he was starting to settle in there after being hurt in camp a little bit. Uh, and then he had to flip right back to left when when Prochaska got hurt, um, and so you know he's a Turner Corcoran. He struggled last year. There's no doubt about it. He's a talented young kid though, and and you know I think he can help them somewhere. Um, thing with Prochaska is camp's going to start. He's going to be just more than nine months off of that knee injury that that happened in October against Michigan. I just I, I, some kids come back from it in six or seven months. Um, some guys don't. I've used this example a lot, but David Bakhtiari, who's an all-pro tackle for the Packers, was missing games a calendar year after he suffered a similar injury. I mean, it just it really depends on the person. And so I understand that everybody knows what an ACL injury is. Everybody knows what that surgery looks like. And you just sort of, I think we have a tendency to just say, oh, it's been nine months, he'll be fine. Yeah, I just, that's, that might happen. I'm not trying to pour cold water on it. That mm-hmm. might happen. But I don't think you should go into July 28th or whenever they start camp and just put all of your money on, hey, Teddy Prochaska is going to be fully healthy and there'll be no setbacks and yep. no problems. I Absolutely. Just, maybe, maybe not. All right, Parker. Parker, always great stuff. Thank you for the time. We will chat with you again next week. And if Sipple said anything otherwise, I'd say, shut up, Sipple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, Parker. Parker. Great, Parker job. Right, we'll we'll yep. Great job. Great right. job. We are way late. Let's get Let's to go. it right now. 464-5685. Please don't pound the table. Your chance to win a business box of Peggles to Bagels and Joe. 464. What? What'd you say? You're shaking the computer, which I don't trust. Four six four five six eight five. It is a uh, wild card Wednesday. It's not very wild cardy today. Okay, that's okay. Major League Baseball home run leaders by year. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'll give you the team they played on and the amount of home runs they had. What league they're in? What player was that? Okay. Though? Okay. Four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, "Shut up, simple!" <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, simple. Call now to play four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple.
Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. All right, 464-5685. Call the Dicktown Sip and Trivia. You are one and one on the week, so you're off the schneid. Can you get to a winning week by Tuesday or by Wednesday? I just hope you go old school on some of uh, There are some old school. There are some new school here. Okay. Uh, Nate, how do you feel about Major League Baseball home run leaders by year? Uh, well, I feel pretty decent about this one, but uh, you, you just never know, I guess. Let's yeah, get that's kind of how I feel, Nate. Thanks for calling. All right, Nate. First question goes to you. What Rockies outfielder led the NL in home runs with 49 in 1997? Uh, Dante Bichette. He was in that time take frame, this. but not that year. I'm going to take this. Yeah. Larry Walker. Nice. I believe Bichette was a year or two prior to that, so that was not a bad no, guess. No, that's not at all. a bad guess. Nate, you just were a little bit off there. Yeah. Uh, Larry Walker is correct. Sip for the 2 0 lead. Here's your first question What Phillies first baseman led the NL in home runs with 47 in 2003? Got his last name. Oh, what? What? Year? 2003. Got his last name. That, I, that's all I need, right? Howard. Oh! Ryan Howard was a little bit later. That's not him. Do you want that one, Nate, or not? Uh, Phillies, did you say first baseman? I just Yeah, first baseman, yep. Uh, you don't have to go for it if you don't want to. Go ahead, though, if you want no, to. I'm going to pass. The only first baseman I can think of for the Phillies is Crux, but I think that's a little bit it too, too Jim, late. Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. What's the answer there? What's uh, the score right now? One to zero sip. This is for the tie, Nate. Your last question. What Mets outfielder led the NL in home runs with 39 in 1988? Mets outfielder, 1988. Uh... Five seconds, Nate. Five. Four. Daryl Strawberry. God. Daryl Strawberry. What is was correct. I doing? Stirring, the st- straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> you were dancing. I thought you were dancing over there. All right, Sip. This might be up your alley here. We'll see. This is for the win. If you miss this, Nate can steal and win himself. For the win, what Brewers outfielder led the AL in home runs in 1979 with 45? The great Gorman Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. Look at this man. Baseball aficionado Steve Sipple over here. That? Gorman Thomas is correct. How about that? Nate, thanks for calling. We'll get you a bagel and a coffee, but call in down the road. Thanks. How about how about that? Google Gorman Thomas, Gorman Thomas. images. Google Gorman Thomas images. Google Gorman Thomas images and I see will. what you see. Got Gorman Thomas. Yeah. Well that was my that's when I was following baseball. I was <laughs> the great, eight years old. The great Gorman Thomas yeah. said that. Yeah. Wait he was a, he was a he was a chain smoking outfielder. <laughs> oh, that's my kind of guy. <laughs> he was a center fielder and he looked like he couldn't run, but he obviously could. Chubby chubby, little chubby. <laughs> yeah, you gotta run his now. Not exactly in great condition. Chain smoking. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well nice win today. Two and one.
two and one in the week for you. All right. Tomorrow with Schaefer, you can clinch a winning week. You know what? That feels really good. I'm sure it does, yeah. especially to get Gorman Thomas, yeah. the great Gorman Who Thomas. Who else did I get? I got somebody else. You got uh, Larry Walker. And I would have got Strawberry. You would have. Yeah. You didn't get Jim Tomey, though. Didn't get Tomey. Uh, the Spillover with DP and J is next on Early Break of the Ticket.